Mental Health Podcast, the podcast where we're going to talk mental health in a very straight fashion. This is episode 52, but it is only episode two for myself, um, expert in nothing, Michelle McGuire, <laughs> and master Jedi and psychotherapist. Hmm. Alan Clark. That's you. That's me. Alan, Alan Clark. Yep, still Clark. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, tonight we are going to be talking to a very, very interesting guy called Malachi Dunn from Cornwall, where we'll be talking about ecotherapy. But before that, let's do the check-ins. Alan, how are you today? <laughs> well, that, that's very <laughs> formal, Michelle. Crack? Michelle, I would like to thank you for that introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> I would also like to extend my warm greetings to you today. How were you? How were you after Are last you week's session? That my introduction first... was shit. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. It's just you, you, in, you introed me there very formally. We like to, we knock a bit of crack out of this. How were you after last week's session? How was it for you? Um, I'm good. Yeah, I had like absolute stage five, level eight fear. You know, <laughs> after it, but like, no, it was absolutely grand. Like I was grand. You know, once. I, like I didn't listen to it myself first like I had some people on the job for me and I was like look I was a bit nervous and I spoke too much and I said can someone just listen to that and let me know if I need to delete all my social media and move to Spain <laughs> do you know so, um, anyway once a few I presume you got there, none like, of no, that back grand. because it sounded great no yeah no it was um, yeah they were all like no you're dope shut up um, so oh. yeah <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it and so what was the feedback for you I did actually you? really enjoy it yeah, really good. I mean, um, I suppose I had a lot of people message me who maybe know me quite well, but don't mm. know about my own mental health um, challenges. So like mm. that was, it was really nice. It's people like, oh my God, I can't believe we're such good friends and I don't know this. But it's not really something you pick up the phone and you'd be like, well, how's it going? I was at the psychiatrist yesterday just to let you know. Um, so, you know, you just don't be like, hey, by the way, just so you know, I'm a bit mental. Um <laughs> So I did have a few people message me and say, you know, fair play to you. You spoke very well and it's very honest of how you shared, you know, your story. Mm. Um, and they said that I was very good. So I don't know. That could change. Yeah, we, you so might, we, they, but they're all my mates. No, no, we had, you know we had, I mean? so we had some feedback on the, we'll get into the uh, correspondence first anyway. Um, so we had uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had we had Andy on. Andy spoke around uh, abusive relationships uh, from the point of view mm-hmm. of uh, a man. Uh, it was a great story. Really resonated with a lot of people. And um, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, a lot of people have have given uh, some great feedback, even clients, and I've I've passed it on to to Andy uh, directly around it. And we had a message from Sienna on Instagram. And she said, just finished listening to the episode and Andy spoke with such grace. I smiled so much when he said he spoke about happy he was now with his life and his relationship, both with himself and his partner. Great episode, guys. So there you go, Andy. Andy's a listener of the show as well. So Andy, there you go. I hope you I hope you enjoy hearing that. Jess also reached out after last week's episode around yourself. Love this episode. And Michelle did great. Loving the female energy. Well done, you two. Thanks, Jess. (laughs) <laughs> and then Andrew Andrew's constantly in contact with us Andrew's our psychiatric nurse we, we would have spoke about him in previous episodes another enjoyable and honest episode Michelle is great many thanks 
Oh, thanks, yeah, Andrew. There you go, dude. Jeez, I gotta have a massive head. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's fucking good. You need this shit. You need this shit. You need to get it wherever you can. Oh, that's gas. Yeah. Um, What's it like I to hear know, that? That's really nice. Yeah, strangers these, mean, these, like, these aren't mates blowing smoke up your ass these are these are strangers listeners to the show yeah look it is good i suppose yeah i mean i'm glad i'm really glad that i i you know i did it like i don't i don't have any regrets you know i'm just mm. like no it's good and maybe i, I always thought i i'm probably not ever i don't know if i'll ever be ready to tell my full story to anybody you know mm. <laughs> including my counselors but i definitely know that reading and hearing about other people's stories helped me massively mm. um in my journey so whatever you say and making it a bit light-hearted as well do you know yeah no, um I think, and no. i i think as well to even just you know people who follow me on instagram like sent me messages and stuff and i guess it's good for them to see that normally on my instagram like i'm just a regular person like mm. that just because i have these things going on in my life doesn't mean that i no, you're still just a regular you know, person <laughs> i'm still just a regular person yeah. and i think it's really important for people to see that so yeah it's all good yeah. How did you find it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I said this afterwards. And, you know, they were always the ones for myself and P. And people say, oh, what's your favourite episode? And they were normally the ones for myself and P. remember going, that was a good crack. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. <laughs> That's, yeah. you know, they, they were always the episodes that resonated for us were just the ones where we had a bit of crack. And, you know, and you can see, you know, if you look back over the audio file, you can see the waveform and you can see where it, it peaks. And I was like, oh, there's a Laps. laugh. There's a yeah. laugh. There's a laugh. Um, so there was there, there was plenty of them yeah. and, and on that to give a shout out to P while P isn't hosting anymore he is working away in the background and editing and you know making us making us sound good you know he really he really steps into that fair and, play Tom. yeah and for people to appreciate what he does around the sound although <laughs> I got a message off him last week uh, people wouldn't have heard it and I didn't hear it until I listened to it back on Spotify um, last week for a joke I introduced my. I introduced at the start, and I said, "My name is you know you're very welcome straight talking mental health podcast. My name is Peter Dunn." I went, "No, it's not. That was the other guy. My name is Alan Clark." <laughs> and he texts me, he goes, "I can't yeah. believe you. You fucking said my name." I was like, "That was the joke." <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, after fifty episodes, people are going to expect you're very welcome straight talking mental health. My name is Peter Dunn. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And he and he cut it out because he thought I he thought I uh, deliberately or mistakenly said it by accident. Said, said it by accident. I was like, no, that was supposed to be the joke. <laughs> How did you get your own name? Right? I know. I was like, I'm not that fucking nervous. Like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but yeah, he is. He's working away in the background, and he'll and he'll hear this. And uh, you can always you can always uh, feedback on Peter's work as well. So he's been he's he's chipping away. He's just he's just not presenting. He's just not he's just not hosting. So week one out of the way. Yeah. So how was your week since last week? Yeah. Well. Any news, crack, scandal, or lies? Sure. Where was any last yet? Don't fucking lockdown, <laughs> like as everyone as everyone says. Sure. Um, one of the things actually from last week I want to I want to talk to you about. You said you you no longer had panic attacks. On no. Last week's episode. What what happened there? What 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 shifted there for you? Obviously, a lot of people um, suffer. So, you know, what, what helped you in, the, in that sense? What happened there? Um, I don't really know. Like, I couldn't really pinpoint one particular thing. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm finished with them. I did actually have one recently enough, like about two months ago. But I know what the trigger for that was. And it was too much alcohol um, because <laughs> I, I haven't really it. been drinking. Yeah, do you know? And then I did the absolute dog in it. And then I was really ill the next day. And 
it was so grim like I literally wanted to jump off the roof but I just it was it was the first time in a long time I had a very uncontrollable panic attack um but that aside I don't really know I suppose I my anxiety is generally maybe the medication helped um I'm sleeping a little bit better you know no, I'm not doing as much. I suppose when the panic attack started, I was going at a hundred days busy. I was working on the road. I'd be in, could be in hotel, different hotels every night. And then I'd be like working all day and have a late meeting here and flying to the UK this day. And yeah, it's just too much. And mm. I wasn't really looking at myself, you know, I was, I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep for a really long time and I ignored it. Okay. So you ignored the warning um, signs. So, yeah, absolutely. I was like, tomorrow I'll be grand. Tomorrow I'll be grand. Look, tomorrow I'll be grand. <laughs> minana, minana. Um, yeah, and then like some really shit things happened in my life and I was just so, tr- I was so upset and I was like, as uh, you know, I was struggling. I was in a great emotional distress. So I think it was the lack of sleep. It was all this crack. And then there were just times where I just was, it was desperate. But touch wood, it doesn't happen on a regular now, I'm not saying it was all the alcohol because I was drinking up until, like, not, I'm not a drink, like, I was having social drinks, whatever, mm. at the weekend or mm. having a glass of wine here and there. But all that, ha- the only reason why I, I'm not really drinking at the minute is <clears throat> simply because I, we'd open a bottle of wine and I'd, like, go to have a glass and I'd take a sip and I'd be like, I'm not buzzing off that. <laughs> 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 I'm not, that's, that's really the only reason. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't, I don't really know what the answer is. I mean, I've done obviously a lot of counselling and stuff. Probably, it's probably a combination of sleeping better, medication, um, being aware of the triggers as well and knowing that if I'm feeling down or sad, you know, don't drink. Mm. Do you know, like I only, if I do drink, I only drink if I'm in a good mood, you know, if I'm feeling yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because all alcohol does is it just amplifies whatever's there. Yeah, because so. there was definitely a time there about two years ago where I was self-medicating with alcohol, like in a bad way, you know, I was drinking just to go to sleep, just to pass out and mm. sleep. So, yeah, I don't really know how... I don't really know what the answer is. And I don't know if I'm over <laughs> if they're finished. But, you know, <laughs> who can say? Yeah, yeah. Um, for now, though, all, it, all good on that front. For now, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the awareness around it and recognising the early warning signs and, and, ignore, and not ignoring them definitely yeah, helps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Want, yeah, it was, uh, as I listen back, uh, it... it I thought an important point to, to to follow up on because as a anxiety is one of our biggest episodes and I know from my own client work like it's how how prevalent yeah. it is so I think to offer some and sort of hope for people so, they're so scary like mm. you you just there are no words to articulate it unless you've been through it you know what I mean it's very very hard thing to describe irregardless of the extent of one's vocabulary like you just you can't and even I think one time, the time I spoke about with on the podcast that I was on with you guys before when I was with mm. my friend and we had to call my mom and they had to put my socks on and all that. Like <laughs> she was very distressed having witnessed it as well. Do you know what I mean? Because she was mm. like, oh, my God, like I've never seen anything like that. Um, so it genuinely is very scary when it does happen initially, you know, but and you don't ever really get used to it because it's 
out of your control. You know, yeah, if it was in, yeah. within your control, you wouldn't have it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the crack with the panic attacks. Yeah, good. good. What's, what's been going on with you? You've been you've been all right this week? Yeah, good this week. I've been work, uh, working. Um, nothing really to report since mm-hmm. I last, since we were last on. It's all very quiet, I guess. Looking forward to things opening up a bit. Um, have you got out to the shops or anything? <laughs> no. Have you been queuing for pennies? No, no. <laughs> although I will enjoy a little belt of pennies, but I can't be dealing with chaos, you know, and just not, not to do with the pandemic. I, I could never go to pennies on a busy day. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. I'm not really a shopper. I'm more, I just buy stuff on, like I just buy what I need online. Like I wouldn't be into buying you know, clothes shopping or whatever. Mm. Untypical of, of the female <laughs> sex. I appreciate <laughs> That, that, I mean, it doesn't mean I won't go into Pennies and spend 100 quid because you're like, oh, that's three euro and that's four euro and that's three euro. <laughs> All the three, three euros are four. Yeah, yeah. And then you get up there and she's like, that'll so be that's for nothing. Euro. And then you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then as they're emptying your basket, you're like, I don't need them eyelashes. Mm-mm, I don't need them. <laughs> I, I say that to myself the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I, I I've got listen. this string top in three different colours. No, one will do. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, regardless of liking pennies or not, Jess was definitely liking your your female energy on on last week's show. So I don't think yeah, I don't think your femininity Good. and is is defined by liking or not liking pennies. I think you're Ari. I don't think they're no, kicking you out I, just I yet. A, yeah, I, I am a pretty bad excuse for a girl. My sister will tell you that. Like she often <laughs> she does makeup artistry and she's done my makeup so many times, right? And she's always like. She'd be doing my makeup and she was like, Michelle, there's fucking hair on your eyelids. She's like, will you fucking go and get your eyebrows done? I'm like, shit around. Like, I just throw them in there every day. She's like, no, stay the The hack you. Um, or she'd be like, yeah. So only for I have a very good um, expert in makeup and, and being a girl, younger sister. She keeps me on track. <laughs> <laughs> Need someone to keep you honest. Yeah, this is it. So that's the crack with me anyway. What that's about your week? Any crack? No, mine, yeah, mine is crack, really. Um, it's desperate, isn't it? Having to think back on, oh, Jesus, what was there? <laughs> yeah. Well, have you any, what are your, let's go straight into the smiles go, and rails then, if go you to can smiles think about and that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got my hair cut. That's what I was, I was racing off the last week, as you can see. I stuck the, stuck the old uh, story up. So I got the haircut, which is which is a big help, um, and yeah, one one who smiles around that. Then I was in I was in the barbers, and I get I know the young guys are working there now. I go in there the whole time, and I have me barber. I have a barber, you know, calls calls mm-hmm. my barber. Um, it's nice to walk into a hairdresser. All right, Al, what's the story? And how are you getting on? Blah blah blah. And, oh, how are you getting on? The, you know, and you can give it all mm-hmm. of that. But uh, Georgie, one of the other lads that works in there, I, I was just finishing up. And he goes, oh, he says, oh, oh, my ma, my ma says to me there something, he says something the other day, uh, oh, she's like, oh, you have a look at my phone there, and I don't know, you had to check something or fix something for her, and you had to load something onto Spotify, and uh, the podcast was there. And he oh, goes, oh, do you listen to that? He goes, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. He goes, oh, Carl cuts his hair, your man that does that, he he comes in, he cuts, Carl cuts his hair, or, yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, that's fucking, that's savage. Like, so, shout out to Georgie's ma. Claim thanks, to fame. Yeah, thanks, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, 
Carl Carl stuck up an Instagram story had me had me looking fucking savage had the fresh cut sharp lines and then he scans around and Georgie's in the background fucking throwing up the fingers like I was like you you, you fucking (laughs) stole me moment man you stole it Georgie so but but apart from that I'll take the smile I enjoyed it was nice you know it's like that it's lovely hearing the real world feedback you know and we we always say it on the podcast you know we see the numbers but to hear listeners in the real world or people come back to you is is you know that's 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 a nice yeah. thing to hear um so that was me uh that was me smile um me royals ah oh, i got i've got two big ones i'll, I'll start <laughs> no. i don't know will, will, I, will i go big or small which one for i go big or small go with the big one first and then big one. i get it out of the way small one all right um did you see during the week um, London North Eastern Railway had to apologise to uh, to a passenger? Did yeah, you hear the story? I told you I gave up watching the news. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It came up on, it popped up on Facebook. Um, so what had happened was they'd made the train announcement in the station or on the train. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And then they get tweeted at from I'm not going to name the individual. So as a non-binary person, this announcement doesn't actually apply to me, so I won't listen. Okay. Yeah. So the train, I have to come back and apologise um, for the language like that. Um, thanks for bringing it to our attention um, and all this kind of thing. So I have to come back. And ha- so how then, like, it, just saying my late millennial ignorance, yeah. I've spoken to mates about this and I said, mm. I need to educate myself properly mm. around non-binary people because I don't know what's the right and I don't, I don't well, want it, it to comes be, down, Yeah, but it comes down to the individual. Some, okay. some prefer so, the pronoun they, them, some prefer he, her, you know, it's it's really down to the individuals okay. of how it comes So down how to. should that train conductor then greet it? I don't know. And I mean, this is, I mean, this is, this is the problem for me. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm a fucking, maybe I'm a closet communist, but, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Like, you know, if, if, if you go to somewhere and they don't include you, fair enough, like, it's a, it's a train announcement, just ignore it, like. Yeah. You know, or when people so come up to me wild. and go, well, happy, happy Christmas. It's like, well, you know, I'm an atheist. Okay, I appreciate sentiment. Yeah, I'm not going, well, actually. Oh, so you, you, you thought it was mental that the train station had to. That they came out and apologised. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get you. And, yeah, and they have no, yeah. what service were you on? Um, so they're going to, they're going to look into it. Um, if it doesn't apply to you, I mean, if they're saying good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It doesn't apply to you. It doesn't apply to you. Like what? What? I mean, where? Where did it go with that? Like now, do you yeah. have to do uh, everyone? I, I think I don't know enough about it, as I said. But I think I think that the younger generation, um, it's so it's common for them. I suppose if you think about like gay people to us, like mm. you know the older generation, like oh that that's a gay. Whereas we're just mm. like I don't ask my anyone like I didn't have to announce to anyone that I'm heterosexual so I don't expect mm. any gay person to have to announce that they're mm. gay but and that's just the norm for our generation mm. so I think that it's it's the same when it comes to non-binary I think it's so much more common in the younger generation they understand it and they it's it's the norm to them and I think we probably do have to make a bit of an effort to educate ourselves yeah, but yeah. And, and, but where do you go? And with what's that? right? But I also agree with what you're saying, though, as well. Yeah, where where do you go with it? Like, what what what's the you know how how do you please everyone? Yeah. And this is what I'm saying: you can't please everyone. 
No, you can't. No. Welcome passengers. That's what he needs to just say in future. Yeah. Welcome passengers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you catch. go. Cause no, don't. Then, the then, then you're leaving out the fucking gerbils and the and Yeah, hamsters. that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. London North Eastern Railway. Just welcome passengers. That's that's uh, Michelle's answer to, to the predicament you may have found yourself in uh, recently. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was me. That was me big royal. Me, me medium royal. Do you set? Do you snooze? Okay. Well, you're like me. You, you, you sleep stupid amounts. Do you, do you snooze? Are you a snoozer on your alarm, on your morning alarm? I'm not because my alarm, I used to be, but I'm not really because I'm always awake before. two hours before it goes <laughs> yeah. off. That's the same. Um, I knew it probably so, you. And then I'm like an absolute slug, like at this time of the evening now, I've been at work all day. Yeah. But I used to be like when I was more normal functioning, I was definitely <laughs> a 25 snoozer. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Ashling, Ashling's, yeah. A, Ashling's a snoozer uh, and it fucking drives me mad in the morning. Like, um, And worst of all is... I don't know. Somehow she has two alarms. She's got two different alarms. One of them is Lana Del Rey's Will You Still Love Me? <laughs> a song I used to love. I love, you know, everyone knows Gatsby's my favourite book. I love that. And now the fucking thing jars me awake in the morning. And yeah. this morning, I've got earplugs in. So I got my sleep mask last week. I've got earplugs in. I can still hear it and I'm having to shake her awake. But she's a snoozer. And it's okay. Snooze. Snooze. Snooze, 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 and it's that fucking. That could drive a person to commit violence. I, I said, I said to her, I said, "You're going to be fucking, you're <laughs> going to be fucking royals. You're going to be royals in the podcast." She's like, "No, no, no, because no, I can't, because you've been saying all these lovely things about me." I was like, "Well, stop fucking, start setting a normal alarm, <laughs> because and, and for people out there, if you are a snoozer, let the signs do the work. It is not effective. You get a worse quality no. of sleep." So you're better off, set your alarm when you need to get up or maybe have one snooze because what happens is you wake up and then you're drifting back into sleep. You're walking again. You're drifting back into sleep. You're walking again. It's not yeah, conducive to quality. And if you're waking up in the morning and going mm-hmm. like that, feeling sluggish as fuck, that's probably the reason. So a yeah. little bit of research. It's not good for you. And uh, yeah, so she, she made me royals. But she's afraid. This is it now. This is this the honeymoon over. Like she's she's met she's met the royals now. I was like, well, just starts at the normal alarms. Gas. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 me smiles and royals. Um, what's yours? Well, my smile and my royal are one in the same. Yeah, we get that all the time. We seven people used to have that the whole yeah. time. It's the yin and the yang, man. So yeah, it's the good and the bad, and happened, the bad and the good. What happened to me was last week I was. Um, looking through Instagram as one does. Mm. And I saw this picture of Heidi Klum mm-hmm. with this unreal fringe on her and she was looking class. And I was like, that's it. I need a new fringe instantly. So I got into the shower, washed my hair. Then I got out and cut my own fringe. Oh. Um, <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Right. So okay. Lockdown haircut. What happened then was I obviously, I cut it too short and that's I right. obviously you know, didn't end up looking like the supermodel Heidi Klum. I now <laughs> look something akin to Garth from Wayne's World slash <laughs> Party on Wayne. <laughs> oh yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was a smile and a rile because now I've got a Mikey fringe, right? So that's a bit of a rile. But I also thought it was hilarious because there's no excuse for me. Like who does that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hairdressers are you know? open. Did you not get the memo? 
Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They weren't going to make me like. I would have to make an appointment. I needed to look like Heidi Klum there right then and there. Yeah, I put tan on and everything. And I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember I was spritzing my face, and I was like, Got I'm going to be absolutely savage, fucking. I'm going to be amazing. Looking. I don't look amazing. Thank God this is a podcast, and people see my wicked chicken fringe sticking up. <laughs> <laughs> like Horace Gummidge. Yeah. So that Are you going to get it fixed? Are you smile. happy with it? You'll take it, or? Oh, indeed, I won't get it fixed. I want to grow out. Yes, that's the attitude, buddy. That's that's the attitude to have. Yeah. Not even slightly concerned about it. But I just want the <laughs> <a> gas. <laughs> uh, any other smiles and riles? Are you taking the one, the, the one and the two, a two for um, one job? I'm not really riled me this week now because I stayed away from the the internet as much as I could. I avoid Facebook like the plague because um, it's a very negative place. Mm. I don't do any Twitter really anymore because that's just a scourge. You're sticking, out, you're sticking out story up. You fucked me under and the bus, I, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. fucking did. Yeah. You want to tell everyone about your story? Yeah, fucking threw well, me under. But that was some feedback I'd received. They were like, yeah. the podcast was brilliant, but Alan swears too much. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> this is my podcast so, and this is how I talk. <laughs> so I just put it on, I put it on the story and I said, look, Alan swears too much. There's absolutely nothing I can do about it. He's a grown man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing you can do about it. Nothing anyone will do about it. Uh, <laughs> after after, 50, after 52 episodes, I'm not going to change. That was one. That, that was some of the feedback um, we, myself and P originally got. It was around the swear where we sent out the we sent out the dry runs um, to people, people we knew, and, and got some feedback saying, "Oh, you know, the person, you know, you know, it's not really professional." It's like that's I don't what we're like, going for. I, we're I, not I, going for professional. We're going yeah, for everyday chat down in the pub, listening for people that wouldn't normally listen to a mental health podcast. Yeah. The thing that I would say about the swearing is I don't mind it because I throw a few bombs in there myself. You did. I don't As like, I listened to that, I was like, cheeky bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like excessive swearing. I yeah. just feel like it's... I, I use swearing as tr- for dramatic effect. Yeah, I use it for punctuation. <laughs> like a, dis- like a descriptive... I use it like a descriptive adjective. You know? Yeah, no, no. I, I use um, it everywhere. But anyway, anywhere. that was just a bit of healthy slagging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. no, I have... Um, no, but you know what? I am going to say one other thing um, because I, I've i really started enjoying cutting my grass, right? This is going to sound so wonderful. Welcome to middle age, buddy. Right. I I used to absolutely hate cutting my grass. I just, I couldn't care less if there was a staring outside the front door. Mm. My parents would be dialing me up all the time going, did you cut your grass? They're giving me an I'm like, no, I didn't cut the grass. I don't care about the grass, whatever. And then some days I'd drive home from work and my grass would be cut because we fucking my parents so much, right? So anyway, hate cutting the grass. Just used to wear my brain. But mm-hmm. maybe it's in, in this new phase I am of like trying to be calm and, you know, enjoy the little things. Mm. I've like just put my headphones in and I listen to a podcast and I just cut the grass. And it's actually, I've started to enjoy it. So there you go. Good. It is. And, you know, know you, you take that piece of cutting the grass and that moment when you stand back and look at it and go, yeah, I like that. That looks class. There we go now. Yeah. And it's also way easier to cut it when you keep cutting it. When you it. keep on top of Whereas it. I used to cut it once a <laughs> month or once every six weeks and it was an absolute Japanese torture. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no. Well, it's, well, we uh, we have the right man to talk to, Maliki, who will be on talking about ecotherapy. Used to be landscaping, and he worked at Chelsea Flower Shows and everything. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the man. So Maliki is coming on now. He 
he is also a therapist like yourself mm. and I'm go- not going to have a notion what you're talking about but I'm very excited sorry well you're, you're there to you're there to play the role of the listener that, that's, that's, that's yes. what P always did very well he says you know he asks stupid questions but they're, but they're not stupid questions you know to come in <laughs> with, with the ignorance that's because that's that's exactly what's needed for listeners and because otherwise I'm I'm only talking about what I know like and there's no fun in that. Yeah. And that's that's why I wouldn't do the podcast on my own after after Peter said he was stepping down, because try learn nothing from that. Like I'm only learning what I already know. So when you listen to people and you know someone asks a question, it gives you gives you that opportunity to reflect and think about it and, and consider consider it. So uh, yeah, so never never be afraid to ask the question. That's what we're doing because the listener can't. And I'd always say to people when I, when I'm teaching workshops and teaching classes. If you have a question, ask it because I can guarantee you one hundred percent someone else is thinking the exact same thing. And when you ask yes. it, someone else goes, "Thank fuck, someone said that." Oh God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cer- you- absolute certainty. Someone else is, has has the same has the same question. Class. So ecotherapy. Let's hear all about it. So I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to Mister Maliki Dunn, all the way from the UK. And Maliki, you're here to say it's a talk to us about ecotherapy, an unusual one. Um. An unusual one. Well, it's something that is becoming more and more, um, I guess, popular and relevant in in these times of uh, climate crisis, mm. um, where people choose to have their therapy in the outdoors. Okay. Um, it's um, it's a for me it's it's a natural environment to, for to have therapy uh, i see clients sometimes will sit in a secluded place outside i, I live in C- cornwall which mm. is right Beautiful. on the coast sticking right out into mm. the atlantic uh I, you know we might we might walk by the sea we might sit on a beach we might find some woods there's a, there's a lot of nature around but um also my concept of ecotherapy it just involves a connection with nature so it can be as simple as maybe tending houseplants mm. uh, or um, just you know growing vegetables can be ecotherapy we all know that growing vegetables are very good for us Do you, mm. yeah. I don't mean that the vegetables are good for us I mean the process of growing them is mm. very good um, I was a landscape gardener for 20 years before I became a therapist so I'm um and I'm a great believer that therapy is really about providing the conditions for growth. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, you'll know, Alan, about Carl Rogers' theory that, you know, all we're, all we're there to do is to provide the environment and the conditions yeah. and the growth is inevitable yeah. if we do that. You know? Yeah, and very Buddhist concept as well around setting the conditions. And I, I do exactly the same of liking uh, therapy to the, you know, when you set the conditions. So if... You know, if the flower doesn't grow, you, you don't blame the flower. You go, OK, the That's soil right. is wrong. It's not getting enough light. It's not getting enough water. But you you don't blame the seed or you don't blame the flower. Yeah. And the yeah. same with kids. If the if the right conditions are there, yeah, you know, they will they will grow. Yeah. And it's, if we've got difficult behaviours, particularly in children, mm. you know, it's let's look at the environment. Yeah. You know, let's look at the environment. Let, let, let's rewind. Let's rewind a little bit there, Maliki. You said you were landscaping for for twenty years. How how did you get into that first? And then, because it sounds like quite a journey from from well, there to to where you are now. Well, uh, <clears throat> might need to take as uh, it might need to take the step before that. Before go we for take it. That yeah, step. yeah. Go for it. Um, yeah. So you know, we were talking before we came on air. I'm the, I'm the youngest of um, I'm the youngest of seven. 
Uh, my family were part of that, that great Irish di diaspora that moved over to the big cities of England, you know, Manchester, Birmingham, London, mm. and uh, um, lots of them got some work in public services. You know, my father worked on the buses for years and, you know, he was surrounded by other Irish families, you know. Mm. Um, and... Um, I well, what, what, what year would that have been, Maliki? What time? That w they came in 1959, and I oh, guess wow. I was the... Um, I must have been the, the product of a little celebration. I was born in 1960, <laughs> you know. A um, uh, um, little housewarming present. A little housewarming <laughs> present. But, do you know, my mother had um, my mother had six kids. We were living in, in my dad's sister's house, you know. And, um, and we also had, living with us, my mother's brother who had Down syndrome, which and okay. she... Um, Jerome, as he was called, Jerome, he mm. was part of our family, you mm. know, so I and I, I think living with with this with him, my uncle was a, a massive influence in my life, you know, uh, and I've yet to quantify what the influences are, mm. but uh, being brought up around um, around my uncle Jerome, who had Down syndrome was massive in all our lives, you know, and it, it, it's uh, it's a great memory for all of us in in our family, you know. So how many was in the house then, Oh, millions. There was another... There was, <laughs> millions? Yeah, right. Okay, okay. you know, I f when we first arrived, obviously, there were in this four-bedroom house, yeah, there was two aunts, a lodger, my parents, Jerem, six kids and a baby. Wow. 12, 13, is it? Something like that, yeah. Wow. And most of the kids all in one bedroom. You know, the social services these days would have had a field day. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, but it would have been very common even in Ireland. For, oh, yeah. yeah. For yeah. big families to live yeah. like that. You'd you have know? that many in a two bedroom house. No. Yeah. There'd be a two bedroom house mm -hmm. in Ireland yeah. with nine kids. Yeah. Well, I think that's I don't know what the house was that they came from, but I mm. know it was fairly basic. You mm. know, And yeah. I know there was a lot of them living in a fairly basic house and uh, and circumstances were such that my dad had to come back to it. He was born in England. He was, his parents came to England and he went back to Ireland. Uh, but, you know, life didn't work out for him. Mm. Anyway, so um, there I was, big Catholic family. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I count myself as a, I don't know if this is controversial, I'm a recovering Catholic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I have no connection at all with religion yeah, these days yeah. and you know and, and, and my recovery from from the effects of catholicism in my life will be lifelong yeah yeah we, yeah. we, we touched on that last week actually didn't yeah. we Alan, about yeah. about the effects how it takes your whole life to to unshackle yourself from yeah. indoctrination of catholic guilt yeah. and all sorts yeah. of ridiculous yeah. stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, actually, Michelle mentioned on it last week uh, in in her old royal, uh, the Catholic Church still has a very strong influence so far that they've kind of influenced the primary schools here now and the sex education that, right. you know, they're not teaching same sex marriage. Um, um, so it's still still heavily influential in the, mm. in the country. At that young age, you know, when you're just so... When you're a blank canvas, you know, yeah. primary school yeah. kids, like yeah. it just frightens yeah. the life yeah. out of me. 
and you can be so absorbent to the shame that they inculcate. Yeah. 100%. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What what led to your own kind of wandering away from it? Well, you know, my own wandering away from it was a mixture of ending up in a Catholic boarding school uh, Mm. uh, where it became increasingly obvious that my welfare was not to be considered at all important. Mm. Uh, And I guess I had a uh, a rational awakening as to the absurdity of the position that the Catholic yeah. Church holds. That pretty much any, any, I mean, again, I don't want to be um, controversial, but, you know, I don't even call myself an atheist mm. because an atheist has got God in the word. You know, I believe yeah, there isn't yeah. a God to believe in, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. just call myself a rationalist, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, you know, and I, I know that's a difficult position for some people to hear, but, mm. you know, uh, it's an absurd position. And, you know, I understand that throughout antiquity, we're meaning making creatures. Yeah, so yeah, whenever yeah. there's some stuff that we don't understand, it's always made sense to, you know, create a, a deity and mm. it all clicks into place then, you know. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so I guess I had a um, I I had a rational awakening that would make mm. if that makes sense in terms of in terms of religion i also you know and i, I was aware in your email that you you're you're interested in in, in me as a person mm. I, I, you know had a i had a, a difficult relationship with emotions as it you know and i think a lot of that comes from the you know the the environment i was brought up in feelings weren't to be spoken about in my yeah, life yeah you know? yeah uh, and that led me, given my genes, to have a very difficult relationships with alcohol and substances for a good few years, you know, mm-hmm. from from a young age, from probably 13, really, you know, oh. I would choose to medicate myself oh, with alcohol. Yeah. Before that, with food, I was a, 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 I had a really, and I, I use these words in really, I choose these words, I had a very fat body because I don't use the term obese anymore mm, I, mm. I just like to stay descriptive you know because obese yeah. is an evaluation you know so i had a very fat body as a as a young child and uh, that went on into alcohol that progressed into you know i don't know if they call them class a's in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so uh here i here i was at the age of 22 in a rehab getting loads of therapy but not learning how to stay clean you know okay mm-hmm. um Another good few years, 1988, I was 28, and I finally managed to get myself into sobriety. So that's... What, what si- changed that time, Maliki? What, what was the shift what, that time? It, uh, what was interesting was that I found myself in another rehab, which was <clears throat> a 12-step rehab, which is, I mean... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know really what the first step is. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, which is really interesting because 12-step, recovery often and i say often hinges mm. around god yeah 
Yeah, uh, I think they've changed it now to a higher power or something, or whatever, well, uh, whatever you understand as a higher power. Or yeah, something like they, that. they. I mean, I could, I could. They they alternate in the steps between yeah. God and higher power. Yeah, and again, it just goes back to that thing. If we see the context of when they were formulated, which was the Bible Belt in America in the nineteen mm. thirties. Mm-hmm. something happened that they didn't understand these two guys they were doing voluntary work they couldn't get sober and suddenly by helping other people mm. they got sober and they went oh god must have done that mm. Carl, Carl Young had a heavy influence Carl, didn't he, he, he your man did. Bill W had some sort of correspondence with they did, with yeah, Carl, Carl Young at the Carl start Carl Young thought it was a, a, Carl Young thought the 12 steps were one of the most wise pieces of literature or mm. information mm. you know and there, there was a there was a, a lot of um a lot of kind of buddhist thinking there was a there's a group uh, uh, the oxford group who were a, a bunch of intellectuals um and um they had a lot of buddhist influences and the 12 steps came together there, there's a lot of wisdom in them you know mm. Mm. Uh, i just don't hold with the god bit because yeah, it, yeah. they work perfectly well without a god yeah. you know and did you find well it, it must have but the, the 12 step program worked for you it did to a certain extent it did to a certain mm. extent um what i found it to be was though it was very uh, evaluative you know it was looking at my defects and things like that and um you know there were words like defects shortcoming moral inventory which at the time were useful mm. uh but as the years went on and i'm 61 now i was 28 when i bumps into that you know mm. uh, I've found have become less and less useful in my life terms like that you know um, you'll be you'll be familiar with some of Carl Rogers writings Alan I guess yeah, you know yeah. and there's a, there's, there's a, a page that I refer all my students to in the Carl Rogers reader where he talks about the the, the damaging influence of evaluation mm. and um how when we can help people move away from evaluating themselves just to accepting and accepting themselves, how growth is yeah, much yeah. more likely. The paradox of change, I think he calls it, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. that's when you, right. When you accept yeah, yourself yeah. for how you are, that's when that's when real change occurs. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. For, for anyone not familiar with Carl Rogers, uh, if you've been to therapy, you've experienced Carl Rogers because it, it underpins basically everything in, in, in therapy in terms of the core conditions of, you know, that non-judgment and unconditional positive regard. And um, so for anyone, you may not know who Carl Rogers is, but if you've been for counselling, <laughs> you've, you've experienced his influence. Yeah, you would have. Yeah. 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 So Malachi, can you go back then to where you said about, so we've, we've covered like the counselling and how you got out of it, but how did that then bring you back to your journey, I suppose, going back to your... Where you started right, your journey. Okay. My, my mm. journey. So, you, so, so you've now come out of, of rehab. I've left rehab in 1988 yeah. and I, bunched it, I bumped into an old friend of mine from the previous rehab, right? Okay. <laughs> in a 12-step meeting. Oh. <laughs> and he says, well, what are you going to do? And I says, I've no idea what I was going to do, you know. And he says, well, I'm working for this fella and he's a landscape gardener. And so I just ended up working for this guy. He he was in recovery. There was a, there's that whole kind of recovery mafia you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. of of uh, <laughs> employment exchange, social. <laughs> you know, it, it provided everything for me at the mm. time. You know, uh, I ended up working there. I really like doing it. I'm I'm fairly handy with my hands, um, and I found learning the plants names really easy because I loved Latin at school. 
So uh, uh, Catholic boarding school, you would have. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. My best, it was my best subject at school, you know. Mm. So I, 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 I find language is easy, and I'm really interested in language now in my work as a therapist, in the language that we use with our Yeah, parents. yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I enjoyed being a landscaper, and I ended up buying the guy's company off him. And, um, and I did it for 20 years, um, got married for the first time. <laughs> um, You're laughing, Maliki. <laughs> I am laughing. I've just written a piece on divorce, yeah? Oh, right. And Yeah, I'm married for the third time. Mm. And, and uh, my first marriage lasted, lasted over 10 years, and my, my second marriage lasted 14 months, you know? And the th what was interesting was the feeling I had at the end of both of them was shame, you know. Shame. You're not, yeah. You're not supposed to get divorced. You know, you'd know that in Ireland more. Yeah, than yeah. That. It, that Catholicism seeping into yeah, you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, where am I? Yeah, I got married, uh, and my wife and I were living in London, and we decided to move to Cornwall um, to mm. to live the eco dream. Mm. You know, yeah. Uh, to have a bit of land to. Um, maybe live off grid and um, and we bought a derelict farm, did it up and found that we didn't really want to live together. <laughs> uh, would be a fair description of that. We'd, we'd lived um, a fairly busy life in London that didn't involve kind of being cheek by jowl all the time. And we found out that when we, when we came to... Um, Cornwall that probably um, that's not what we wanted to do you know but we had to come here to do it um, I was really not looking after myself in terms of self-care at the time uh, my businesses which were still in London began to struggle and uh, I also got a difficult health diagnosis I was diagnosed with hepatitis C which okay. I'd contracted like 20 odd years previously um, as a drug user, you know. Okay. Uh, so uh, that led to a, an, another crisis in my life. So divorce, loss of business and illness. Uh, and I found myself in counselling again um, for um, quite some time. Got some help residentially, went away. I was very lucky that somebody paid for me to have a, a retreat away from the world. And... Um, and that's when I decided to train as a counsellor. Wow. So that's 2005, 2006. Mm. Um, as a landscaper, I mean, not just pulling weeds in people's gardens. You worked on the Chelsea Flower Show, the, the Peace Garden, I right did, beside yeah. the, the Imperial War Museum. I did, yeah, yeah. We had, you know, we did some prestige jobs. Um, mm. Yeah, we, um, we worked, yeah, there was a Tibetan Peace Garden that yeah. was opened by the Dalai Lama. Mm. I was only there last year, just before lockdown. I was at the War Museum and I took a oh, walk right, around okay. the gardens. Lovely. I loved, uh, I loved yeah. the kind of juxtaposition of the War Museum and, and the Peace Garden and peace, right beside yeah. it. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, Did you find it yeah. good for your mental health, Malachi, the, the landscaping? Like I, I would, I'm not much of a gardener myself. I can't keep anything alive, but I would find it, it would be a bit like for me, do you know, when you wash something really dirty, like... You know, you get probably yeah. when you start with an empty yeah. canvas and then you see what you've achieved, it probably did you yeah. find that really yeah. helpful? 
yeah, I did. But like anyone who, with a compulsive nature, I ended up kind of overworking. You went yeah. at it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Could I just go back to a phrase that you yeah. used, Michelle, there a, a minute ago? Mm -hmm. And it's, I, 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 I do a lot of thinking. It's, it's a thing. Mm. That, uh, uh, some people might say I have a touch of. Um, hyperactivity in my mm. brain you know but this i've been becoming increasingly troubled with this phrase mental health mm. and i don't know if it serves us right okay because generally what people are struggling with in my view is emotional distress yeah mm. not mental it's not a mental thing yeah it's an emotional thing yeah the awareness of the distress is mental because we can only be aware in our mind. Yeah. But the, but the, 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 the distress is in our emotions, yeah? And so calling it mental health sends us off on a wild goose chase, looking for stuff in our mind rather than in our emotions. That's one thought I've had in relation to it. Mm. I, I don't know if this makes sense. Mm. And the, uh, the other thing, the, the other word health, sets us off in the direction of the medical profession, who, in my opinion, are probably the last people to help us with emotional distress. Mm -hmm. They can help us often with the awareness of the emotional distress because they want to close down the, emo the awareness, you know, and they do that generally pharmacologically, you know? Yeah. They, you know, they give us antidepressants so we don't experience the distress, but it's actually not dealing with it, yeah? So I haven't come up with a... A suitable substitute phrase but I'm I'm, You're working I'm trying on to move away I'm working on it mm. you know I want there's there's a, have you come across a book called drop the disorder no it's a really interesting book where where it challenges the medicalization of emotional pain and distress mm. um, and so it's, it's throw really out the DSM <laughs> Basically, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Throw out the DSM. Do you know what the DSM is, uh, Michelle? No, no. It's it's a thing. I think it stands for the Diagnostic Service Manual. No, yeah? Di Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. D so oh, for, right. for, okay, for any, any go, psychological yeah. issue you have ever been diagnosed with, it's it's been yeah. taken from the DSM, and you have to meet yeah. the criteria uh, yeah. within that within the medical profession to be diagnosed. Like my. With. My psychiatrist now would say to me that I don't have a psychiatric illness. I have a psych minus psychological. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what that meant, but I took that to mean I don't ha I'm not bipolar or I don't yeah, have yeah, paranoid yeah. schizophrenia. Like I yeah. don't have a mental illness, as I would call them. Do you know, mm -hmm. I have yeah. depression and anxiety, do you know. Yeah. Um, so I suppose when I try and decipher, that's when I would say mental health, you know, as in as opposed to mental illness, which to me is, yeah. you know, a, a psychiatric, psychiatric is that yeah. right? Or yeah. yeah. Now I, I'm not, I'm not dismissing the fact that some people have, you know, have things in their brain that are difficult and mm. that is a mental thing. Yeah. But you see, even <clears throat> when you say I have anxiety and depression or depression and anxiety, mm. you know, for me, anxiety is an emotion. Mm -hmm. It's not a it's not a disorder. It's an emotion mm. that we can learn to have a relationship with, rather than there's something wrong with you. Yeah, that would yeah. be my take on that. 
and and by you know um and and this word disorder that's stuck on the end of everything the you know I, I find troubling because I don't know what order is. So how can I know what disorder <laughs> is if, if I don't know what order is? You know. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah that's so that's um, so very true because we, Alan and I mentioned this last week and it just kind of um, hit home when he said that there. We were talking about a lot, you know, a lot of people maybe who are not in. I think, in my opinion, in the people that I would know in my life. The people like me who maybe have some depression or anxiety are quite introspective. And then the yeah. other people don't know that they're fucked up, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. They're just bombing around <laughs> in all their maladjustment, you know, yeah. not knowing, not, unaware yeah. of it. So, And we're probably depressed we and anxious know, from dealing with them. <laughs> yeah, so when you say we don't know what order is, I think that's quite true because absolutely everybody is disorder (laughs) you know um if you're going to use the term so that Mm. um makes sense to me so maliki from from all of that from that background from that life how and what is ecotherapy how did that come about for you and and how does it work uh it came about really naturally for me to to work outside with people you know Mm. um you know, my my initial training was person centered, uh, which puts you'll know, Alan, that, that is uh, founded on the work of Carl Rogers, mm. who you've already mentioned. And that puts the, the client at the center of the process. So if, you know, I, I had a, a, a few clients who expressed a, a, an interest in working outside and I responded to that and um, and some of that was. Um, what we call walk and talk, you know, so where we would walk along and and, and talk um, mm. uh, as we went. That, and that, um, that side-by-sideness of it is often really useful in allowing yeah. people to be open. Very different from the now, face-to-face and, <clears throat> yeah, you know, yeah, nearly interview yeah, that, that, or kind of typical yeah, setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of the things that I always used to... Uh, offered to my students was the idea of never have the f- never have your tra- chair in direct opposition yeah. to your you know that kind of yeah you know you can meet in the middle you know mm. uh, but um, just being in connection with nature is such a wonderful healing thing in itself it provides it provides a really non-threatening environment now obviously if if we've got clients who are in a great deal of distress it's maybe not an appropriate environment you know um, people worry about confidentiality but actually what generally happens if you met someone on a walk you'd stop talking and pause and just walk quietly past them you know yeah, yeah. and nobody would be any mm. the wiser what was happening you know mm. it's, it's not it's not like we're ca- carrying a, a placard that says keep away we're in a therapy <laughs> session you know what I mean uh, um, and would you normally work um, to a 50 or an hour session Maliki or would you go yeah, longer I, yeah I, I don't go I generally don't go beyond 50 minutes yeah. because I find it's quite um, another thing I used to say to my students who were talking about um uh, talking about lengths of sessions is that that 10 minutes between 50 and an hour uses as much energy as the previous 50 you know because you do get tired listening mm-hmm. you know oh yeah well yeah. i get tired yeah. listening you know it's it's um 
and my attention does waver. So people get the best of me if, with a 50-minute session, and I, I tend to try and keep to that. Mm. I've got a nearby where I live. There's a, a there's a lovely lake, and it takes 50 minutes to walk. Yeah, worked, it, I was just going to say, do you have a route worked out? <laughs> you do. Yeah, and it, it just does. It's it's about 25 minutes to run around it and 50 minutes to walk around <laughs> yeah. it, you know, and I do both at different yeah. times, you know. And uh, and it's lovely, and it's a, there's a few places to stop and pause. Uh, a thing that I really love, if if you can, if you if you're sitting or walking, to get by running water is really beautiful. It's a really cle- you know that cleansing, that negative yeah, yeah. feeling of, of, yeah. of running of running water, but it really is. Um, where it goes it's negative ions in the air and mm. it feels really cool and cleansing you know um has work been affected so, were you able to work during lockdown Malachi, in, in I, that in I, that way or I, it i i didn't the lockdown barely troubled me in, mm. in lots of ways you know I, i'm aware that lockdown for most people was the weirdest thing that ever happened in their life you know mm. and for me struggles to get into the top 10 of weird experiences in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> Having been in rehab three times, you know, uh, spent time in monasteries in India and <clears throat> all sorts of, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, so, you know, a lot of people have looked to me, like they've looked to our profession, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, I was on it saying it last week, like it's just a phone hasn't stopped, emails yeah. haven't stopped, texts haven't yeah. stopped. It's, yeah. I think people have, and I think a large part of that as well is that people that may have been living their life avoiding themselves are suddenly yeah. confronted with yeah. themselves. They can't get away yeah. from themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working from home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it all bubbles yeah. up. You're people isolated. People to live with themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. all of those things that are available as diversions were suddenly taken away from many yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, so apart from the first two months... I actually just designated myself an essential service, I'd, you know, and said, you know, come and see me. I've got massive rooms at my place in Truro. Mm. Come and see me. I did a lot of work on Zoom. Mm. I don't like, although I was working remotely before beforehand, it, um, and then working outside with people, you know. So um, the lockdown was. A bit of a hiccup, but in terms of my work, it's it's added to it rather than taken away from it. Yeah. Have you gone back to Have you gone back to the outdoor work now? The UK, you're ahead, you're ahead of us yeah, in terms I'm of people, coming out of lockdown and. Yeah, and I have to be. I don't want to incriminate incriminate myself. You know, when if there's if there's a law and that I don't, you know, that seems stupid. I, I won't. I'll disregard it anyway. Easy, little Irish. The old issues. That's a real. English people I find are usually quite law-abiding, yeah. but Irish people are a bit like, ah, that's a bit of a silly law. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. It'll be yeah. grand. Yeah. We won't worry yeah. about that now yeah. at all. Yeah. Darrow Breen, yeah. the Irish comedian, he had that of the, the three different kinds of Irish laws. Like, there's the first one. I'll go on. You're grand. And the second one's like, ah, yeah. careful now. And then the third one is, now you're just taking the fucking piss. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, that's grand. Like in Ireland, you'll jaywalk yeah. in front of the guards. Like it's, you know, we, that's, yeah. uh, everyone's like, yeah, go on, you're grand. Don't worry about that's that That's a one. silly law. That's yeah. Just yeah. Matter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you come across the work of Martin Seligman? 
positive psychology. No. I don't like the word positive. Yeah. But that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'd be witty on that one. (laughs) That's a... Yeah. I don't like the word positive, negative. And I tell you the most insidious of them all, normal. But that's a whole other (laughs) podcast. We'll come back and chat about that another time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, gratitude. uh, Recording three things a day that you feel grateful for. Mm. The the physiology of that, the oxytocin produced, which is a direct antidote to the cortisol and adrenaline of anxiety. Mm. Really useful. I have a page on Facebook, Lifetime Therapy gratitude practice that I, I don't mean that to a, as a plug you can edit no no, you, you no I'm just going to give plug you the opportunity away. to, pe- to, to away, plug everything yeah. else now uh, at, at yeah. the end there oh, Maliki right, yeah. okay. so where can people yeah. find out about about you about your practice about the, the, well, the Facebook page lifetime therapy lifetime therapy dot co dot uk is our website uh, we're on socials um, we are um, um Lifetime Therapy Gratitude Practice is on Facebook and there's hun- there's a few hundred people who post, uh, post on there and Lovely. it's a community of gratitude. Mm. That sounds um, like a really nice thing. Yeah, yeah. Just to hear yeah. other people's yeah. as well, I think it'd be yeah. Yeah. very interesting. It's really nice, that locked in thing, that community yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I want to plug is my new venture. It's called My Card. It'll be in the App Store soon. It's a digital business card well, it's actually a tree planting app that gives you free d- business cards. No, a tree planting wow. app. Yeah, basically, you sign up, £3 a month. We plant trees with the profits of that, and you get free digital business cards. So we're not chopping down trees to make business cards. Brilliant. So it's called oh, My that's Card. That's really good. Love the Check idea it out. Yeah. Well done, Malachi. That's great. Oh, yeah, I love that's the really idea. Good. Of that, yeah. Um, yeah Maliki thank you very much for your time thank you very much thank for, for telling your story yeah. and thank you thank yeah, you very much yeah. for opening our opening our eyes to, to something else that hopefully yeah you know, ecotherapy Ireland's the place for ecotherapy yeah, you've got well, more well Cornwall's definitely the place for us <laughs> yeah. yeah well if you're ever down here look us up you know mm, absolutely you'd be really welcome you know yeah. come and speak to people you know I have groups of students and everything you know we have a training centre fantastic so, might take you up on that Maliki lovely Maliki, okay, thank, thank you, you so much. much. So that was Maliki Dunn. Maliki giving us his insight on uh, ecotherapy and his, his incredible story as well. Uh, fought his way out of addiction. So for anyone that has been struggling with addiction, if you've listened to Connor, if you've listened to previous guests, please know that there, that there, that there is hope. If you like what you heard, give us a rating. Pop into iTunes there. If you feel it deserves a five stars, lash it out of five stars. Subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, all the podcast providers that you get us. Don't be afraid to leave a comment. You can slide into the DMs if you want. You can tweet at us. You can get us on Facebook. Uh, we're, we're there. We're everywhere. Twitter, STR8, Talking Pad, Pod. We're not trying to be cool. Twitter only allows a certain amount of uh, characters for a username. So it's STR8, number eight, Talking Pod. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You'll get us on them all. Check out the website stmhpodcast.com and if you want to get in touch with your story or with your feedback or anything you have to say uh, please do pop us an email at hello at stmhpodcast.com and a big shout out to Fionn for the podcast music amazing producer beat maker catch him on Facebook FOB Beats and a big shout out to Aideen at Digital Design Lab for helping us out with the social media design posts Maliki now is going to give me a reprieve and he's going to share some of his wisdom instead of 
me being thrown under the bus. I'm very interested in acceptance. Yeah. Mm. Very interested in acceptance. And people get really confused with acceptance. Yeah. So I've come up with two ideas around acceptance is acceptance is a bit like getting fit. Yeah. Let's not try and accept things that are really difficult at first. Yeah. Mm. Let's just accept small. Accepting small means accepting that we can't accept. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And I know that that evinces a laugh. Yeah. But actually, it's really important that we do some accepting rather than we struggle to accept. Yeah. So accepting that we can't yeah. accept is often easier mm. than trying to accept something that's really difficult. Mm. And we can get better at it. It's a cognitive and emotional skill. Now, one of the things that stops us with acceptance is we try, we confuse it with other things, yeah? And I've come up with a little, I can't remember what they're called, a little abbreviation or something that helps me. Um, is it a memnonic or something like that? Mnemonic, anyway, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, there, there you go. And the, the word I have is ultra to define what acceptance isn't, yeah? Mm -hmm. So it's not understanding, which is purely cognitive. Mm. It's not liking. You don't have to <laughs> like something to accept it, yeah? yeah, yeah. It's, it's not tolerating. It's not putting up with something like that, white knuckling. It's a different texture. It's not resignation. This is how it is and this is how it'll always be, yeah? And it's not approval. It's none of those things. Mm. It's just, this is how it is right now. Mental health. Mental health. Mental health.